Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Our culture kind of has displayed in that video, um, we increasingly and increasingly have all these different ways to communicate. And I think one of the major problems is we get so busy with all these other methods of communicating, we don't even take time to hear from God. And uh, that's what we're going to do the series uh, about, be a a 10-part series. We'll deal with uh, uh, one of the plagues in Egypt each week as we go through this uh, series. And uh, the the titles were put up there as they were going by a moment ago. Uh, you're probably familiar with the story, but some of the background, I'll read background in a minute, but some of the background even before uh, God told Moses to go and lead his people out was that the Jews had gone down uh, into Egypt. Uh, God had prepared for them by Joseph being put in a place of authority to where his father and his brothers and their families could be uh, sustained in a major period of drought. Uh, and things went fairly well while there was a Pharaoh in charge that, uh, that recognized the God of Joseph. But then the Bible tells us another Pharaoh came about that did not know the God of Joseph. And uh, that caused things to change dramatically uh, for the Jews in that day and time. Uh, I'm afraid it almost gives us a picture of Christians in this day and time as far as how maybe Christians were viewed and how they're being viewed now because we have leaders that don't seem to be interested in hearing from God or, or doing what God desires uh, for, for us to be about. Uh, but they, this Pharaoh was in charge and he refused to, uh, to, to listen to God, uh, didn't know the God of Joseph whatsoever. Uh, so he starts putting all the Jews, uh, to work as, and put taskmasters over them, uh, making bricks and, uh, a lot of oppression and everything was taking place. And the people had been crying out and, uh, God remembered them because there's this little baby born, uh, by the n- name of Moses, uh, who, by the way, if God had not protected, would have been killed. Uh, by a degree of Pharaoh, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of abortion in our day and time also when you think about that. Uh, but he would have been killed by being thrown into the river. Uh, but the midwife saw he was a goodly child, so they preserved his life, and he wasn't killed. And he grows up inside of Pharaoh's house because he's kind of taken in uh, there by Pharaoh's daughter, grows up in the house, uh, comes into a place of authority himself. But one day he, he sees this uh, Egyptian mistreating a Jew. And uh, the neat thing about the story is that his own mother had been allowed to be his caregiver in the home of Pharaoh. So no doubt she was reminding him who he really was the whole time he was growing up. And when he sees this Egyptian uh, abusing one of the Jews, he kills this Egyptian taskmaster, and then he has to flee. Uh, he goes and spends some time out in the uh, the desert. Uh, God calls him there through a burning bush experience to uh, go back into Egypt and to lead God's people out. So uh, that's some of the background there. He was told to go and bring them out, uh, but Pharaoh refused to listen. And that's the thought that I want you to grab in this series because all the plagues that we'll talk about, all the situations that we'll talk about in this series are more or less a result of Pharaoh failing to listen to God. 
And it brought about negative things uh, in Egypt because Pharaoh refused to listen to God. And I want you to think about how in similar ways, if we refuse to listen to God, God speaks to us and we fail to listen to him, there can be consequences and things that we may have to face ourselves because we ignore what God is saying to us. And you see a picture of that in all these plagues and what takes place uh, in, um, in Egypt. Uh, though the word plague itself uh, and is found several times in, in this text that we're looking at, but it means a blow or a stroke. Uh, so it gives a picture of God's hand being against the Egyptians for the reason of Pharaoh failing to listen to the message to let God's people go. Let me read some background uh, to you, and then uh, this isn't our text today, but I wanted you to see some background before we launch into this series. In Exodus chapter 7, the Bible says this, And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. So uh, God is putting Moses in a very powerful position to uh, go and, and pull off all of these plagues, all these miracles. Uh, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. Uh, that's still a pretty good pattern for us, isn't it? That's what we ought to be about in church. That's what we ought to be about when we talk about God's word. We need to say everything that God commands us to say, not just the parts we like, not just the parts that are popular. And he said, speak everything that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. By great acts of judgment, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Notice the contrast between Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh. Pharaoh's refusing to listen to what God said. Moses and Aaron, on the other hand, do exactly what God told them, and that ought to be a pattern for us also. <clears throat> and he goes on and tells us this. He, uh, uh, he it, it said, Egypt, by great acts of judgment, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, who I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring my people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so, that it just as the Lord commanded them. Now Moses was 80 years old. Now I'm not preaching on this this morning, but here's a little side message for you. And Aaron, 83 years old. In other words, we never get too old to serve God. Amen. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a whole group of people in the, in the church, senior adults and everything, that God is actually in your retirement giving you more time to serve God than any other time in, in your life. Uh, and when they spoke to Pharaoh, <clears throat> uh, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh and it shall become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers. And I want to stop and point out something because we'll see situations like this happen in our text this morning that, I, that we're going to work through. And all through the story about the plagues, Pharaoh is putting his trust in the wrong place. 
And he's putting his trust in these magicians, asking them to come out and do a little trick. And that would kind of uh, soothe his conscience a little bit and keep him from listening to what God was, was saying. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and the, and the magicians of Egypt, and they did the same by their secret arts. And each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to God as the Lord has said. All in this series, I want you to keep this in your mind. Pharaoh refused to listen to God. The more he refused to listen to God, the harder his heart became. And in our lingo, in our day and time, we might think about it like this. The more you say no to what God is telling you, the colder your heart gets. That's why we need to be careful that we don't say no to God. So in these plagues resulting from Pharaoh refusing to listen to God, what I want us to do is gain some practical applications for our lives as we go through this series. When we say no to God, there are consequences. When we refuse and reject the will of God, there are consequences, just like we see happen here in, in Egypt. Pharaoh refused to listen to God, and Egypt faced the consequences of these plagues. And if we refuse to listen to God, there's going to be some consequences that will affect our lives also if we refuse to listen to God. Today we're going to look at Exodus chapter 7, verse 14, and following down through about verse 25. But instead of reading it now, I'm just going to go through it as we, as we go through the message. I'll, I'll read it. The thought today is this, are you thirsty yet? Are you thirsty yet? Now, you'll understand that question a little bit more in a few minutes. I'm actually going to ask it uh, more near the end of the message. But there are some main themes. There's three main themes in the text today that we can see as we work our way through Exodus chapter 7, verse 14 through 25. Here's the first main theme. You, you've got the theme of, uh, I didn't realize I was sounding that bad. Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, you, you, you've got the theme of communication. The, the fact that, that God speaks his word to Pharaoh and yet it's rejected. God's word is given to him. It's given to Moses. Moses and Aaron are told to go and proclaim it. The Pharaoh, they do exactly that. It is given to him, uh, and yet he rejects what God has to say. Verse 14 and 16, then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart. I got to come over here because I just noticed the bottom line's missing because of the way it's formatted on the screen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. See, we've already read the background. They've already told him to let God's people go, but he's refused to do it. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he's going out to the water. Stand on the bank of the Nile to meet him and take in your hand the staff that turned into a serpent. And you say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness but so far you have not obeyed. Moses and Pharaoh do exactly, and, and Aaron do exactly what God told them to do. They go to Pharaoh and they tell Pharaoh that he's supposed to let God's people go. He's supposed to let the Jews go free. But he continues to refuse to listen. Instead of hearing and obeying God, Pharaoh hardens his heart against the will of God and the word of God. So God sends Moses and Aaron to repeat this message that we just read. Here they're repeating it a second time. But Pharaoh is non-responsive. 
The Nile itself, to give you some, some background for you to realize how important the Nile River is before we see the judgment that God sends upon it, the Nile River itself was considered like a god to the Egyptians. Because it supplied everything that they needed, pretty much. It supplied their water for, for themselves and for their crops and, and, and for their livestock and the fish that were there. So it was really a thing of importance to them. It was almost like something that, that they would worship. And since it was like a god, it's possible that Pharaoh was going down to make some type of uh, worship in the morning. And that's why God told Moses and Aaron in the morning as Pharaoh goes down to the river... Uh, I want you to go down there and warn him again that I have said for you to let my people go. Now, the point I want you to get is this. God still communicates his will and his word, doesn't he? Now, before you question that, if you're thinking, well, I've not heard God speak from heaven, you've not read your Bible then. Because God clearly communicates his will to us. He he clearly communicates his word to us. Paul even told this to young Timothy, who was preparing to be uh, in, in the ministry and be used by God. He said this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof. You see, that's the part of it we don't like. The teaching's okay, right? But we don't like to be reproved. Or for correction, but we don't like to be corrected. And for training in righteousness that the, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. God is gracious in that he does this. God warns us prior to judging us. God gives us warnings to begin with, just like he did Pharaoh and the people there in Egypt. God warns us. God warns before he wounds. God is long-suffering. Thank God for that. Amen? Be honest about your own life. How long did it take you to respond to what God was telling you, even about trusting Christ as your Savior? Some of you may have believed the first time you came under conviction, but some of us put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off. Thank God we didn't get hard so hard that we couldn't hear. Amen? Thank God that he still continued to speak to us, that he could still continue to, to warn us that he was long-suffering with us because God's not wanting that any should perish. He also told this to Timothy, but all would come to repent us. God warned Pharaoh and Pharaoh refused to listen. And because he refuses to listen, his heart becomes hard. That's why we need to be warned of that. When God speaks clearly to your heart and when you read something and you know without any doubt, that's a word from God to your life. Don't turn it off. Don't refuse it. Don't reject it because in doing so, there's a danger that your heart will become cold, that your heart can become hard like Pharaoh's heart became hard. See, the longer he resisted, the easier it was for him to resist. The longer that he said no to God, the more serious the judgments would become as we work our way through all these plagues. So much so that that last plague, that 10th plague, cost him his own firstborn. It cost him all the firstborn in Egypt because he continued to say no, 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 no to what God was having to say. That's why we need to take a warning from that and us not say no to what God speaks to us. See, the the longer sinners resist God's will and refuse to hear God's word, the louder he has to speak to us to get our attention. The louder he has to speak to us through situations or judgments to get our attention. That's why we need to heed these warnings from Pharaoh's refusal to listen, because if not, we might develop hard hearts ourselves. God freely gives us his word. 
God freely communicates his will through the Bible. We need to be sure that we don't reject his word or his will. I, I, I'll tell you, I believe this at the root of my core. <laughs> the situation we're in in our nation, many, many, many of the circumstances that we face in our nation are there simply because people refused to listen to God. They refused to hear God. They refused God's will. And that's why we have many of these situations that's happened in our nation. So the first main theme is communication. Just recognizing that God speaks to us. But when we refuse God speaking to us, the second main theme that we see in this passage of scripture we're working through today is this. There are consequences. When we fail to listen to God, when we keep saying no to what God is clearly telling us, there are consequences that come about. Consequences from rejecting God's word causes these wake-up calls because God's trying to get our attention. That's really what God was doing there in, in, in Egypt. Now, I understand the concept of God saying to begin with to Moses, Pharaoh's heart's hard, he's not going to listen, and his heart's going to get harder. I understand that. But you see, here's the deal with that. God's an all-knowing God. You recognize that? God is a sovereign God. God knows before you ever say no or you ever say yes to his word that that's exactly what you're going to do. He knows it all to begin with because he is a sovereign God. God wasn't manipulating Pharaoh in such a way that Pharaoh had no chance to respond to these plagues and let the Jews go. God simply knew in advance because of his sovereignty, because of his omniscience, God knew in advance that Pharaoh would never say yes until after that last plague had happened and they would continue to get a hard heart. So he was giving him wake-up calls through all these plagues where he had this chance and that chance and this chance to say yes to what God was speaking to his heart. God also gives us wake-up calls. When we reject his truth, when we reject his word, God will send wake-up calls into our life that they need to wake us up and, and help us recognize that we need to really listen to God. Look at, at verse 17 through 21. Thus says the Lord, This is what God says to Pharaoh because he refused to listen. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, with the staff that is in my hand, and he's already seen what that staff can do, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall turn into blood. The fish in the Nile shall die, and the Nile will stink, and the Egyptians will grow weary of drinking water from the Nile. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, take your staff and stretch it out over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, their canals, and their ponds, and all their pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, even in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded In the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of the servants, he lifted up the staff and he struck the water in the Nile and all the water in the Nile turned into blood and all the fish in the Nile died and the Nile stank so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. That's not a very attractive picture, is it? Kind of like a real life horror story. That's taking place. Pharaoh discovers really quickly 
that refusing God's word and refusing God's will has consequences with it. And like I said a minute ago, it can be the same in our lives. I'm not saying that God's going to smite the water in America or in our community and turn it all to blood. But I am saying this, when we say no to God, there's always some type of circumstance. There's always some type of consequence. You might not experience it right away. You may not see it as quickly as Pharaoh saw it take place. But when we reject the word of God and the will of God for our lives, there are consequences that will happen in our lives if we reject God's word, when we reject God's communication to us. Consequences will take place when we refuse to listen to God's wake-up calls that he's sending in our life. Now, the consequences here that take place, I want you to see them threefold. First of all, it was an instructional consequence. It happened for this reason. He said, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. It was something to give instruction to Pharaoh and, and, and all the people in Egypt. What is about to happen? Moses is saying up front, as this is about to happen, this, what I'm about to do by turning all the water to blood, this is that you will know that I'm the one that's in authority. I'm the one that's in control. The Nile River is not your God. All the other gods that you worship, the false gods that you worship in Egypt are not gods. I want you to understand something. As I do this, God said, I'm bringing this miracle, this plague upon you through the hand of Moses so you, Pharaoh, will clearly understand that I'm the one that's in charge, that I'm the one that's in control. So it was an instructional consequence. And I think God sends consequences into our lives when we reject his word and we reject his will for a similar reason. He wants to get our attention to where we understand we're not in charge, he is. And that's why we need to listen to what he has to say. It was also an intentional consequence. If you, you know, read in some liberal commentaries and things like that, some of them will try and use excuses for the water turning to red, like, well, there was a red algae or something like that. Listen, either you believe God's word or you don't believe it. If you don't believe the word of God, you can make it to be a red algae if you want it to be a red algae. But the Bible says it turned the water to blood. The Bible says all the fish died because the water was turned into blood. The Bible said there was this terrible stink that came about. So it was an intentional consequence. It didn't happen haphazardly. It didn't happen by natural means. Moses said this, Behold, with a staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile. He's saying this is intentional. This is a judgment from God because you have failed to listen to what I'm saying. It was also a, a judgmental consequence, a judgmental consequence because God was bringing these judgments. He said, it'll be turned into blood. The fish will die. The Nile will stink. The Egyptians will grow weary of trying to drink water because the water turned into blood. Some commentators even say this, that they are having to try and drink blood in order to stay alive. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but that's what some commentators believe because of what's said in this passage of Scripture. It does say that the rivers and the ponds and even the containers, the vessels that were holding water in Egypt, turned into blood. And it tells us they were digging, trying to get filtered water in the sand uh, in order that they might have something to drink. But Moses and Aaron did exactly as God commanded and when they struck the water, all the Nile and all the water there in Egypt turned into blood and the Nile 
uh, the fish of the Nile died and the Nile stank and the Egyptians could not drink because there's blood throughout all the land of Egypt. We should think about some ways that that was a judgment upon them. It was a judgment, first of all, against their false gods, against their false gods. They viewed the Nile as a god. There were false gods that they worshipped in Egypt who had their responsibility to protect the Nile, to be sure that the Nile would be safe. One of those was uh, Hepi. Uh, he's also called Apis, and he was a bull god, and he's considered the god of the Nile. Another one is Isis. You've heard of her before, and you've heard that name used a lot lately uh, in the news. The other one was Isis, and she was the goddess of the Nile. And then there's another god that was being judged by the real god through this destruction, through this water turning to blood, the Nile turning to blood, and that is uh, Canaan. Uh, and, and he was the guardian god of the Nile, but somewhere he fell short because it didn't look like he guarded the Nile very well, does it? In other words, God has just proven to the Egyptians, hey, you think the Nile River is like a god to you. You think you have a bull god that protects it. You think you have a goddess that protects it. You think you have this other god who's a guardian of the Nile. Then why can't they stop me from changing it to blood? You see how that's a judgment against all these false gods? They even consider Pharaoh to be God. They view Pharaoh like he's a god. So it's also a judgment against Pharaoh as a God king because he is judged by what takes place and he has no control over it. You have false gods in your life, God will judge them. He's going to prove to you who the real God is. It was also a judgment against the very lifeblood of Egypt because of all that the, the river provided for them. It was like it was a support basis for their economic system because it was providing not just water for them to drink, not just fish for them to eat or to take to market, but it also provided the irrigation for all of their crops. It provided the water for their livestock. So you see the, their economic system, their very way of life is affected by, by this. It was like the Nile was the very lifeblood of the land. And maybe it's appropriate then that God judged it like this because that Nile River, guess what had also happened in that Nile River years before? They had thrown the Hebrew children, the babies, into that Nile, and they had put red into the Nile themselves, blood into the Nile themselves, as they killed those babies and they threw those male children into the Nile. Now God judges them for that by turning the whole river into blood. There's a judgment against the very lifeblood of Egypt. It's also a judgment against their daily existence. Put yourself in their shoes for a minute. Your daily existence would be in the morning time, we, we need to go down to the Nile. We need to get some water. We need to go down to the Nile and we need to catch some fish. And all of a sudden, their whole daily existence changes. And when they go down to the river, they can't get water because it's blood. They can't catch fish because all the fish have died. Now, think about the psychological effect of that. Once again, put yourself in their shoes. You go to the Nile in its blood. You go to the Nile and the fish have died and it's starting to stink. All the water inside of Egypt had turned to blood. 
Everywhere you look, there's blood because of all the water being turned to blood. Wouldn't that have a huge psychological effect on you as far as how you felt about your life? How you felt about the the daily existence of your life as as you lived it? You see, when we refuse to listen to God and we reject God's truth, and we start to face consequences because we have rejected the truth of God, the will of God, the word of God, it'll also start to affect the way we feel about our lives. Even in this day and time when we understand that we're guilty, guilty, guilty because we said no to God. We understand we're facing these consequences in, in our nation because our nation in, in various ways has said no to God. No to the God of the Bible. No to the true and the, and the living God. It, it, face, it, it will change the very way you, you think about your life. Their, their life was turned into a real life horror movie. Now the Bible tells us, and I'll say more about this here in a moment. The Bible tells us it turned to blood for seven days. Seven days in the heat of Egypt. Think about how by degrees, more putrid, more rotting, more, more the stench would increase from one day to the next. The dead fish from one day to the next, to the next, to the next. You ever been around where a fish had died and you didn't know it was around somewhere? I left one in a trout kill one time by accident. And I don't know when I left it in there. You know what I got to do with that trout kill? I got to throw it in the trash a few days later. It would stink very badly. A friend of mine, when he was, got married, he got married in the, in the wintertime. And uh, he gave his keys to his uh, Volkswagen uh, bug to the wrong person. And it wasn't me. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, it wasn't me. I thought it was very funny. They opened his heater coil and poured a can of sardines in it the day of his wedding. <laughs> so he and his new wife get a few miles down the road. And that started to really, really, really stink. You get the idea of, of that? I know of a time that we were going to youth camp. And I'll definitely not tell you who all was involved in this. Because <laughs> there might have been some staff here at the church. And somehow, some sardines found its way to the air-conditioned unit <laughs> in the room with some of our boys just to play a prank on them. That wasn't even heat, and it still stunk. Think about by degrees how over seven days of time, how more and more and more and more they would recognize what was taking place because Pharaoh said no to God's will and God's word. You see, that's the thing that we need to be on guard about. Because the more you say no to God in your life, the more it's going to stink. The more you reject the word of God and the will of God in your life, the more it's going to stink. Because those consequences will get worse day by day, day by day, day by day. Until you repent and you turn and you say yes to what God was saying to you. Because it would happen in in degrees more and more and more. If we place our faith in false gods, you can expect this. You can expect God to prove that he's the real God. 
And you can also expect this. You can expect the wrong things you've trusted in. Like pictured here in the Nile River and the false gods in Pharaoh himself in Egypt. You can expect the wrong things that you've trusted in to leave you empty and to leave you thirsty. As a direct result of listening to God, Pharaoh and all of Egypt were left at the very least thirsty. Wouldn't you agree that would be the case? But probably not just thirsty, horrified because of all they were seeing in their lives. You see, if you trust in false gods, it doesn't have to be an idol. Please understand that. It doesn't have to be something you set up and you said, that's my God. If you're making it your God, if you're making something more important in your life than God is and Jesus is, then to a certain degree, that thing has become an idol and a God to you. And and if you do that, if, if you put trust in false things, those false gods, those false things, those things you've trusted in that you should not trust in, they will disappoint you, they will leave you empty, and they will leave you thirsty. Rejecting God's will for your life will have a negative effect upon your life. That's why I titled the message today, Are You Thirsty Yet? Don't you imagine after seven days of that blood being there, they were pretty thirsty. And you may be thirsty today because you've got some guilt in your life, because you said no to God, to things that you clearly know that God is speaking to your heart. And you said no to Him, and because of that, you're feeling the guilt and the consequences that are there. So spiritually, you might be empty today because you've been saying no to God. Spiritually, you might be thirsty today. The last main theme in the verses we're looking at today is the theme, the theme of confusion. The theme of confusion. Since Joe is good enough to bring it to me, and since it's not blood, I'm going to take a drink of it. In my confusion, I mean this, ungodly help is no help at all. If you seek your help in the wrong place, you don't really get help. But Pharaoh's confused about this, and he stays confused about it throughout a lot of these plagues that we're going to look at. After this had happened, after the water was turned to blood, Pharaoh more or less does this, but the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart was... It remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, to Moses and Aaron, as the Lord had already said, because God knew he wouldn't listen. So Pharaoh turned and went into his house and did not take even this, seeing all the water turned to blood, didn't take it to heart. And the Egyptians dug all along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the Nile for seven full days. God had stricken Egypt with all the water being turned to blood. Now here's a picture of what just happened, what I just read about. Pharaoh sees Moses and Aaron turn all the water to blood. The Nile turns to blood when he strikes it with a staff. Instead of allowing that to speak to his heart, He tries the same trick that he did earlier. Remember earlier when Moses had Aaron to throw the staff down and it turned into a serpent? 
And Pharaoh kind of thought to himself, well, that's not much. Come here, boys. And he called his magicians to come over and they threw their staffs down and also turned into serpents. And it was like Pharaoh said, see there? But do you remember what happened? The staff of Moses and Aaron ate those other serpents. I mean, a little bit of a lesson there. But instead of him taking it to heart, Pharaoh does this again. When the waters turn to blood, he says, hey, boys, come over here. Let me get my team over here. Let me get my magicians over here. And they turn some water to blood using their magic arts. Now, some people question, where do they get water to turn to blood? Maybe uh, the Bible doesn't address that. I just believe the Bible's true, you know. I, that's, I'm sorry. I'm just... Uh, Maybe I'm that ignorant to believe the Bible's true, but I just believe the Bible's true. Maybe they had some water before all of it finished turning to blood that they were able to grab up and do it. Maybe they got some of the filtered water where the Egyptians were digging in the sand, but the Bible says that they, they turned some water into blood. And Pharaoh does this. Okay, see there? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go to my house. Can I ask you this? If all the water in Egypt is turning to blood, how does it help for you to call your magicians over there and them turn more water to blood? How helpful is that? I mean, if he could have called them over and said, undo what Moses just did. Change all of this water that's turning to blood. Change it back to water then that would have been something to have maybe gave a little bit of confidence to Pharaoh. To to give him a little bit of peace maybe to where he thought, see there, I don't need to listen to you. Look what my magicians did. They reversed everything that you just did. But that's not what took place. They weren't helpful at all. And Pharaoh is really confused in his heart when he sees them turn more water to blood. And he turns and he goes to his house as though, see there, I don't need to listen to you now. What help was it? And what I want you to get a picture of in that story, that part of the story is simply this. When you turn to the wrong places for a help, with the guilt and the judgment and the turmoil that you're having in your life, things don't get better, things get worse. You don't need more water turned to blood. You don't need more guilt. You need something to help you with your guilt. You don't need more pain in your life because you've trusted in something false, expecting it to help, and it doesn't help. What you need is something to honestly help you with the situations that you're facing in your life. And the problem that many people are experiencing today, maybe some of you, but definitely people across our nation and across our world, and that's people are putting their trust in things that can't help them at all. They're putting their faith in things that don't help, and when they don't help, it simply makes things worse for them if they don't get the help they need when they put their trust in something that is no help at all. It would have been helpful if they could have provided some drinking water. Instead, they just made the judgment worse. And when you turn 
and trust in some false thing, thinking it'll help bring peace to your soul. And it could be a multitude of things. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be illicit sex, it could just be, you know, whatever. Pornography. You turn into some type of false religion. You listen to some, to some new age philosophy. You, you're basing your morals upon Hollywood instead of upon what God has to say. I mean, I could keep going. You understand? I can keep going with a list. That's not an exhaustive list I'm giving you. I'm just giving you a picture of some things that people do. And when you try and find solace for your soul in those things, the only thing that happens is this. Things get worse. Because you don't have any peace in your heart. Because the judgment is not taken away. The judgment is just made worse. And Pharaoh was confused and he thought, see there, I don't need to listen to you. And he went home. And a lot of people in our world today are trusting in false things. And they're saying, see there, that helped me a little bit. I felt good for a few minutes. I don't need to listen to you about Jesus. I don't need to listen to you about the God of the Bible. I don't need to listen to what God tells me about my life. I got just a a little bit of help by trusting in something false. I'm going to go home. I don't need to listen to you. And because that's the practice that people have in their lives, the help that they trust in is no help at all. The design of the devil is this. The design of the devil is only to delude people and amuse them. That's his design. To delude people and amuse them. Satan's not interested in doing anybody any kindness. But what he wants to do is this. He wants to keep people from doing a real kindness to themselves by repenting and turning or returning to God. That's a picture of what happened in Pharaoh's heart. Trusted in something false, went home and said, I don't need to listen to God. And that's the, the wiles of the devil still yet. He wants to delude you. He wants to entertain you. He wants to make you feel a little bit better about your life. But that doesn't take care of the judgment in your life. That doesn't take care of the guilt in your life. And you're just confused about getting any real help and that's where Pharaoh was so my original question is this are you thirsty yet (laughs) I know it's a strange title since I've been talking about water turned to blood you know you might think no I'm not very thirsty today but you know that's some good purified water that God made But you may be someone that's really spiritually thirsty today. And here's why. God communicates his will and his word to you, but you've rejected and you've said no. You're facing consequences in your life because you failed to say yes to God. And you've been confused thinking that you can just trust in things that might make you feel a little bit better 
Instead of listening to God, you just reject God's truth and go to your house week after week, day after day. Instead of listening to what God wants to say. The plague lasted for seven days. That's a pretty bad judgment. The time period for all of these plagues we're going to talk about, most Bible scholars believe it took about nine months for all these plagues to happen because they happen in certain periods, sometimes specifically judging things that would have been taking place during that time of year in Egypt. Theologians believe that this judgment upon the Nile happened at a time when the Nile would have been overflowing its banks, a time when it would have been providing the, the, the canals, the water, the irrigation that they needed. And that's when God sent the judgment. So it lasted for seven days. Now that sounds bad, but think about it like this also. At the end of seven days, God provided a stay. And the water changed back from being blood. In other words, for seven days, there's this judgment, trying to get the attention of Pharaoh and trying to get the attention of the people of Egypt. But at the end of seven days, God showed them some mercy. Thank God he's a merciful God. Amen? You ever had seven days in your life that you knew you were living outside the will of God? Maybe seven months, maybe seven years. But God gave you mercy instead of judgment, instead of continued judgment. Thank God that he's a God that gives us additional chances amen i wouldn't be here if god didn't give me additional chances somebody else would have to be up here because i would be gone a long time ago if god didn't give lynn parsons some additional chances thank god that he's a god of of mercy but even after that and even after all these plagues pharaoh still would not let his heart so much as listen to or obey God's word. Instead, his heart got harder. Maybe you've refused to listen to God. Maybe you're someone that's refused to trust in Christ as your Savior. But if you're still alive and you're still breathing, guess what? God's given you additional chances. And all that can change today if you'll place faith in Jesus. The river, the Nile River, when it turned to blood, wasn't beneficial to anybody. But thank God there is a river that's beneficial to anyone who places faith in it. There is a river that flows from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners who by faith take a plunge lose all their guilty stains. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when we reject you speaking to us. Forgive us when we read your truth or we are tempted in a moment we remember your truth and instead of applying your truth to the situation, we We say no and we go our own way. Father, help us to learn lessons, warnings from Pharaoh and his hard heart. 
Help us to have wake-up calls to where we recognize when you speak to us, we need to say yes. When you correct us, when you reprove us, we need to change. Father, help our churches, help our families to listen to you instead of reject your word. Help our nation, God, to turn back to you to where we listen to you and we hear you speak instead of rejecting your word and facing negative consequences in our culture and in our in our nation and our world because because people refuse to hear you they, they refuse to respond to you with obedience father i pray if there's someone here that doesn't know christ the savior they would hear your communication this morning they would recognize that they have sinned and they've fallen short of your glory and that their only hope is saying yes to Jesus. Father, if there's someone here facing negative consequences in their life because they've rejected your truth in their life, help them to repent of that this morning. Help them to turn to you. Father, whether it's someone that doesn't know Christ and they need to turn to you for the first time, or Father, if it's someone that's a believer this morning, and yet they... They've turned their back somewhat on what your will is. That they've refused to live their life the way you desire for them to live their life. They've rejected your truth. Father, help help them in the midst of the consequences that they're facing to repent. And to be willing to bring their lives underneath the authority of your word. Father, is anyone here that's confused because they've They've trusted in some type of false God or some type of false circumstance, trying to make themselves feel a little bit better in the midst of all their consequences. Help them to see that ungodly help is no help at all. And help them to turn to you this morning for the help they need. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Please stand. God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come. Maybe a good good Sunday to come and just pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Maybe a good Sunday for you to come and pray about consequences or circumstances you're facing in your life because you said no to God. Come and tell God you're ready to say yes to Him. Maybe your Sunday to trust in Christ for the first time. We invite you just to listen to Him. Are you listening to God and respond to Him? Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.